Welcome to The Kelly Roach Show, the place for no fluff, easy to implement, 20 minute or less business and leadership lessons to help you build a sustainable business that scales, lead with integrity and create a lasting legacy. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight figure entrepreneur. Let's get started. All right, this is part three in the new era of leadership. So today we're going to talk a little bit about evaluating your next evolution. And I want to approach this by just kind of presenting a couple different thought processes uh, while keeping in mind, of course, that no two journeys should look the same. No two people should look, listen to this show and go out and think that there's this perfect formula for your reinvention or for where you need to go next in your business. Um, But I want to present a couple different thought processes that could be helpful for you from different angles and perspectives uh, that I believe will help some of you begin to uh, embark on the journey of creating uh, deeper and more meaningful alignment in your work and allow you to commit to yourself and to your business on a, a different level, right? Um, I think that everyone that uh, listens to this show is is already committed to their businesses. I think the people that tend to listen to this show are extremely hardworking individuals, um, many of which have already accomplished levels of success that um, buck the trends and beat the statistics and far surpass um, you know, the, the level of success that most will ever have. So I approach this conversation with the idea that that's who is, is listening to this, right? And I, I understand that there's people at the beginning stage of their journey, people somewhere in the middle, people that have been in business for 15, 20 years that listen to the show. But here's the thing, right? There is a huge debate uh, online uh, about business models. And, you know, I have shared my perspective on this that I don't think there's a right thing. I think there's a right thing for you. Um, Lots of different business models work. Lots of different price points work. There's a thousand ways that you can slice dice um, and and profit in a business, right? But I do think that there are different personalities and different um, mentalities that work better or worse in, in a specific situation. Um, now, we're not going to get into that quite yet, but, but I just want to preface it by saying that when you think about evaluating your next evolution, I think it's important to, number one, go through the type of exercise that you would do at the very beginning of starting your business. What is most important to you in your life right now? What are your top three priorities in the next three to five years? Uh, what do you want your day-to-day life to look like? You know, I would pause this episode and I would actually answer those three questions. What are your top life priorities? What are your goals in the next three to five years? Uh, what do you want your day-to-day life to look like? Uh, you know, what do you see as your true calling? Um, I, I love the alchemists so much, and I love how they refer to um, your personal legend, right? And if you haven't read The Alchemist or if it's been a little while, go back and read it again. But I... I believe so deeply that our life is a journey of first figuring out what our personal engine is and then acting and living in pursuit of that for the rest of our lives. I also believe that our personal legend 
shifts and evolves and grows and changes as we shift and evolve and grow and change because we can't possibly have the perspective at 50 years old um you know that we have at 60 years old or at 40 years old that we would have at 50 years old so it's a moving target over the course of your life uh with these uh eras building on one another and i love the word era because it's like ushering in the new ushering in what's next and this is how this feels for me right now in this journey of going from i built this eight-figure business i went through all this crazy stuff i went to hell and back i came out the other side i had to rename my company rebrand everything because i couldn't use the word entrepreneur in anything that i was doing anymore came out the other side realized um you know i thought i had one dream of you know building this one company to 100 million no I'm actually meant to help people in all these different ways. And there's all these different components of what this looks like. And, you know, now I'm building this portfolio of businesses and it looks totally different for all of us. For some of you, you may have thought your calling was to, to build this global enterprise. And maybe you feel like your calling is to go deep with just a handful of people, right? Or, you know, maybe you thought your calling was to help people get this like massive result um, in this high ticket program. And, and now you realize like, you really just wanna be on the front end of inspiring and educating, and you don't wanna do that deep work on the back end with them. Like there are so many different approaches to fulfilling calling and to fulfilling purpose and to making a difference. And it can look so different. And that's where I think the danger in the online marketing world is, is that everyone is telling you what the right thing is for you when ultimately only you can know what the right thing is for you. People like me can present different models, different ideas, different ways that you can go about getting the outcome that you say that you want, but you don't want to abdicate the power of deciding what's right for you. I think it's very, very important that you retain ownership of that. There's this huge debate about lifestyle businesses versus scaling. And there's one movement that really talks about building a lean team and almost like a people-free company um, you know, that hinges on automation or that hinges on, um, you know, tech um, and is very hands-off. And then there's another movement that's all about, you know, scaling and building your empire, building a winning team, um, you know, really helping hundreds, thousands of people. And there's, there's kind of these two conflicting movements. And I think people are are really kind of confused and it's very frustrating and overwhelming to try and figure out um, what is the right thing for you. And, you know, I think there's a, a, some things to consider and there's no right or wrong, right? You can build a beautiful business um, where you service a handful of clients, super high ticket, and you work 20 hours a week. And many of you are at a place with your brands where you have enough credibility that if you wanted to pivot into a lifestyle business where you did a little bit of one-on-one, -on -one, some VIP work, maybe some consulting with a few corporations, you know, you could do 250 a million a year in revenue, take home a few hundred thousand dollars, work 20 hours a week and call it a day, right? Um for some of you, you really know that your vision and calling is to do something on a global scale. And you're frustrated because you're in that messy middle. And this is why most people abandon the, the scale train. They want the outcome of scale, 
they don't want to go through the process of scaling. The process of scaling is the most brutal thing I've ever done. The process of scaling is so, so hard. And it's not the customer acquisition piece. The live launch makes customer acquisition easy. Let's be really honest about it. Operationalizing the business with people and system and processes, unless you come from that world and that is your core strength, which that is definitely not my core strength. I love leading people. I love managing teams. Um, but the systems and the processes and the operations and the tech, definitely not my strength. The scale process is brutal. And there's definitely a two to three year period where you're putting in place the systems, processes, and people to create a scaled up company that allows you to take back your time and have freedom, but also make millions of dollars. And in the middle of that, you're going to go through hell because you're going to hire the wrong people, because your tech is going to break, because your data is going to be messy because all the operational things that you built in the past aren't working you have to rebuild them again because you're having to do so many things that are outside your zone of genius and what happens is most people begin to approach that process because they want that outcome they want to make global impact and they want to have a scaled company um but they they can't emotionally keep themselves in check to get through the scale process so i think that it's important though to really talk about and think about when when you're considering your next evolution you know many of you you know you built high ticket um and and i always recommend that you start by building high ticket because you need far less clients you need a smaller audience it's, it's actually far easier to get started building high ticket you can get amazing results for people right um but then you know, for a lot of people, running high ticket is really miserable now um, because people aren't the same. Culture is not the same. Um, people don't make the same commitment to following through. A lot of people are distracted and overwhelmed in their own life, and it's, it's more difficult to consistently produce results in your programs, and, and people want to quit easier. Let's, let's be really, really honest and just talk about what it is. Let's be really real with ourselves. So for right now, um, a lot of people are having a really hard time with their high ticket products because they're learning that the things I've been talking about on the podcast for two years now about the breakdown um, of work ethic and the breakdown of society and the change in mentality and all of those things that's playing out in real time in their programs and in their companies. So I think that something that you have to consider and something that you have to think about as you're really looking at your next evolution as a leader is you know what is that ceo role for you what do you want that to look like um you know for me like i know i want to be a visionary leader i know i want to be out building the brand teaching speaking speaking um behind camera behind the microphone that's my gift that's what i'm meant to be doing i spent a solid three years um, really, really heavily invested in team in the coaching company, um, not pursuing all the things that I want to do from a personal brand perspective so that I could do the things that I want to do from a personal brand perspective, but not burn it down and not let this beautiful company that I built go by the wayside. And that's why I built in and brought in high level leaders and vice presidents and promoted a president and put all of these things in place and made all of these strategic investments 
so that that company can continue to grow, but I will play a smaller and smaller role on the inside of the company and I'll play a bigger and bigger role on the outside of the company building brand, right? So knowing what you want your role to be and knowing what your strengths are and where you want to be using your time and talent is so important because one of the biggest things that creates disconnects for leaders when they actually begin to really resent their business is when they're doing everything that they have to do and nothing that they love to do and they have no more joy in the business because the business went from performing at a really high level to sucking and now they're just like on life support just dealing with what they have to deal with in the day to day just to like make it through and keep the business afloat if i'm being really honest with you like everyone's going to go through that everyone's going to have a season of that in business like most businesses have these seasons um especially after like a high growth period and so it's only the mentally strong that can recognize like oh that's a season and you need to rebuild it and and rebuild it stronger and better than ever and get the right people in place so that you can transition into whatever role you want to be whether you want to be the visionary you want to be the business operator you want to be the a role player you just want to be an investor right and i play different roles in different companies of mine right um from heavily involved to you know not really involved and i, I think you know you need to know where you need to be using your gifts day to day in order for you to feel feel fulfilled and you know i think that many people start building high ticket initially um and you know that was great and it, it still is great it's still an amazing business model obviously we're continuing to build the business advisory that way um but i've talked about this on the podcast many many times you know i realize that given the changes in the world i don't want i don't want to have to be fluid and flexible in who we're bringing into those high ticket spots because the most costly thing that you can do in a high ticket environment is bringing in the wrong client and we are working so hard to not bring in the wrong client because it is the most costly thing you will ever do in a high ticket environment it will make your life miserable it'll make the team's life miserable it kills your productivity it's frustrating as hell for everyone um and so what does that mean it means that if you still want to uh do your existing high ticket business that you may want to think about and again i'm not telling you what to do i'm giving you an example of what i've done but like you may want to create something else that you can do mass market that is fulfilling and meaningful for you um that is separate from your high ticket and then really dial in your high ticket i know for a lot of you guys too you feel like you have too much staff for you know the season that you're in and you need to do some pruning and you know for some of you you know deciding that you're going to only keep 30 people or 100 people in your high ticket and then building other low ticket things around that that you can scale over time um can allow you to kind of pivot into your next evolution um i think that when you think about lifestyle versus scale it's very interesting because a lifestyle business in many ways is almost like being a contractor it's like gigging right because a lifestyle business essentially completely evolves around you a lot of people like it because there's less responsibility there's less expensive you don't need a team like there's all these pros to a lifestyle business 
but you are literally like gigging at that point. Like you don't have other facilitators. You don't have team that's running stuff for you. It's like either you're on or you're off, right? Um, I know everyone loves to sell the dream of passive income, you know, with courses and, you know, all of those things. I, you know, I, I don't know of anyone, um, you know, that that's making millions um, in passive course sales. I know they like to tell you that to sell you into their course, but I'm not seeing it. I see them working their tails off. You can go look at their social media um, and that that tells you enough to tell you they're not selling courses passively. Like stop buying the dream, open your eyes, right? I say this all the time. Like, you know, if someone's telling you that they're doing something passively and then you go look and like, it's clearly not being done passively. Like the only money that they're making is the money of people that are buying into the mirage of what they're telling you that they're doing, which is not what they're actually doing, right? So a lifestyle business, although you've heard the myth of like, oh, you just automate everything and you make money while you sleep, like course sales are not passive. I actually have an entire business. It's called the Virtual Business School. I brought it to market this year. We're building it. Um, We're growing it. Um, There is nothing passive about it. Nothing. Nothing passive about it. I know how to sell. We have people that know how to build funnels. We have experienced people running ad traffic, like the whole thing. I have a very advanced team um, helping me. There's nothing passive about that model. Do I like it? Yeah, because there's no delivery for me. And it it can allow us to scale broadly um, without a big team. But is there anything passive about it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So if the key thing that bothers you about your business right now is like the amount of kind of showing up that you have to do, um, I think that piece of it is gonna remain the same kind of no matter what business model you're in, like there's no real like phoning it in, unless you build something that is like a, a model like the advance where it's community-based and you know you can sell an annual membership. But I talked about this in, in the newsletter, Um, I talked about this, I think in one of the other podcasts that I recorded, like that requires skill around brand building and it requires a ton of patience. And what I find is the biggest thing that kills people in why they make the wrong choices around business model or reinvention or whatever the case is, they don't have the patience. And so like they pick something that could work, but then they don't understand the implications of what it takes to make it work. And so then they just keep kind of bopping from one thing to the next to the next. So lifestyle business equals less responsibility. Lifestyle business equals lots of um, freedom from the standpoint of your business model, but everything hinges on you, right? So the reason why people started moving away from lifestyle businesses and into scaling companies was that they realized that when you have a lifestyle business, like, yes, you have much less responsibility, but it reverts back to all being on you. And then obviously there's, you don't have a sellable asset. You don't have a team to fill in when you're gone, da 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 da. A scalable company, on the other hand, the whole purpose of going through the scale process is to systematize and automate so that you have a business built on processes and people and ultimately you have a sellable asset. And 
every business needs an exit strategy. And what is an exit strategy? You're either going to pass it on, you're going to sell it, or you're going to close it down. Hopefully you're not closing it down. For most of you, no one in your family wants your business. Okay. So that leaves selling it. You can't sell a lifestyle business. You can sell um, a business doing a couple million dollars a year that has systems and processes and a legitimate customer base and reporting and team. Absolutely. Um, but I think that there's a middle ground where there's kind of this marriage between um, redefining what you're doing from a high ticket capacity while continue to deliver exceptional service, exceptional results, great client experience with a really high quality product. I think there's a marriage between that and a low ticket that you can scale to the moon that doesn't require a lot of delivery, but gives you a ton of freedom to kind of step into your next evolution, right? To step into your next kind of uh, whatever Kairos moment, we'll call it. Step into your next Kairos moment, right? So, I mean, I think like here are some things that you can think about from the standpoint of of pivots done done elegantly. Most people do pivots out of emotion, um, not with the art and science of reinvention, which we'll talk more um, about that. You can message me the word Kairos, by the way, on social media. You can get the playbook for um, the art and science of reinvention. But, um, you know, I think there are many different ways that you can artfully do a reinvention of your business model that won't lose you the credibility, authority, and established thing that you've built, but will allow you to step into what's next. And I think that's like the perfect marriage, right? You keep what you built, but you make it refined um, to fit with what you want and need it to be today. And then you look at the complement to that, that may potentially align with your personal brand or be a business that is built without you uh, or be a business that is built more strictly on education. And for me, those three things are the virtual business school, which is subscription and course sales, the advance, which is annual membership, and the inevitable millionaire, which is about to go through a massive transformation based on this entire conversation that we're having today, which I will reveal uh, in the Kairos workshop, which by the way, if you have not messaged me the word Kairos, you need to do that now because there's important conversations and resources that you're missing out on if you haven't done that. But those are the three ways that I did that that are complementing what we're doing in the business advisory. And that has allowed us in the business advisory to get hyper, hyper vigilant, like insanely focused on bringing in the right customers and bringing in people that we believe are actually going to do the work, get the result, have a great experience, you know, whatever. Do we have, you know, a ways to go? There's always a ways to go. You can always get better. You can always do better. Um, but that that's, you know, our objective. Now, let's talk about um, some examples, right? You could go from course scales to a subscription. That's one example. So if you sell courses um, and you're just getting that one-time payment and people aren't completing and people aren't, you know, coming back for more and they're not getting results, you could pivot from course sales into turning that into a subscription. So you have recurring revenue now. You could go from selling a high ticket to selling a mid-ticket membership. Okay, so as people are up for renewal, you start moving them into a membership. A membership doesn't require staff. It's a super low lift. 
uh, really easy to do. And then your high ticket could become a mastermind where, you know, it's just delivery on a high level. You could operationalize your coaching in your flagship program and move it from you being the primary coach to you stepping out of the coaching role, operationalizing your IP so that it's sellable and moving facilitators in um, to take it over. You could um, go from being a coaching generalist to a coaching specialist and go from having a very wide and broad flagship to a very niche specific one um, where you become like the master mentor versus like the coach, right? Um, and then you could have like a master, um, like a mastery program at a much higher level. So all of this to say subscriptions, um, a course sale model, an annual membership model, courses, like all of those things are different ways that you can pivot to uh, look at the complement to what you already have doing in a new and different way where you could reinvent and redesign a membership model or a subscription model or a course um, to be around your next evolution in either your personal brand or in your main business, um, allowing you to tighten and scrub and redefine what you're doing with your flagship, lighten the load, cut the expenses, you know, by like 75%, um, carry less weight, carry less tech, carry less people, um, but still work to refine and deliver that exceptional result. So all of this to say, um, Part of this whole idea of Kairos is answering the calling. And what I believe to be true is that our calling shifts and changes as we evolve. And so I think that um, the people that really create a lasting legacy, create a lasting legacy of greatness and wealth and impact and significance, they're pursuing something bigger than themselves, right? And that's what the whole message of this Kairos mentality is. Um, it's chasing purpose. It's chasing impact. Um, it's playing on the loving level of calling versus transaction or simply achievement. Um, and it's, it's really understanding how to tap into your higher power and your truest and deepest calling so that you can transcend the ordinary, so that you can be extraordinary at what you do. But I think a first step is really gaining that clarity and then giving yourself permission to step into that and then identifying what the path is um, for your reinvention to allow you to do that. Now, the conversation we're having today is very much about the science of business model reinvention. What we haven't talked about is the art of reinvention, which is very, very different. And we'll talk about that in a few of the next sessions in this series coming up next. For now, I want you to think about what that evolution might look like for you. What might that pivot look like for you? And I want you to give yourself permission to really identify what you feel that next calling is and how that might look and use your imagination and be playful and know that nothing's off limits. And it's not about what's right or wrong. It's about what's right for you, right? So message me the word Kairos. You're going to get the playbook. You're going to get awesome resources. You're going to get invited to the live event. It's virtual so everyone can attend from anywhere in the world. And I promise you will leave more on fire in your heart and soul than you ever imagined possible. So message me the word Kairos to learn more. 
And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Share it with someone else that you think needs to hear it. I'll see you back here soon for part four. Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Roach Show. If you enjoyed this episode, do me two solids. Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review so other people can find the life-changing content that we share here. We're on our way to number one and we need your help getting there. Thanks so much for being a part of the community and for tuning into the show each and every week.